0: Hey, it's Tom Kratza. And uh Look, if you're, li- if you're liking this podcast, if you think uh, you're getting some benefit from this podcast, we're trying to build this out as best as possible. We would totally appreciate it if you could leave us a review or uh, give us a, a rating on iTunes. I think, I don't even know if you can give a rating on any of the other platforms, but I know you can do it on iTunes. So if you're listening on any of the Apple devices, if after you listen to this episode or you think we've earned it, we would totally appreciate that. It really helps us out a lot. It kind of getting those uh, g- g- reviews and those ratings and that kind of stuff really kind of fuels our fire to push through and do more of these podcasts so we totally appreciate it so if you've been listening to this and you think we deserve it if we can uh, ask that you leave us a review on iTunes give us a rating that would be great we totally totally appreciate it and with that on this episode we are bringing on Craig Ballantine who we didn't know uh, too much about Craig before but uh, we've come to learn a lot about Craig uh, we had him out at the last year life year terms event he got some great feedback he's recently wrote a a book called the Perfect Day Formula: How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. And uh, some members of our team know Craig and have been following Craig's work. One member of our our team um, went to his workshop and uh the reviews again uh from the event were really good so uh we sat down we had a good chat he uh we broke down how he got into this business where he started and uh how he got to uh become an author and and uh be coaching people that was a great story and then just some of the ins and outs of you know how we all craft our days and our weeks and that whole bit so it was a really good chat so myself and nick sat down with craig and hopefully enjoy the show
1: are you ready to live life on your terms is it time to take charge?
2: Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Caradza. Are you ready? Let's
1: go. Okay, we are
0: live. So I just told Craig that we uh, he has to deal with smelly Tom because I didn't get a chance to shower because Christina... Uh, called me and said Craig is here, er, super early, and I was like, "Holy shit, I gotta get to the office." And uh, you could
1: have left for that with Craig; you didn't have to tell everyone else.
0: No, I told him right when I saw him. It was the first thing I said. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, sleeping. I just mean you didn't
2: have to say it now, so oh
0: yeah, yeah 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 no.
2: But the thing is, I just came from the gym too. Yeah, so okay, that's okay. why I'm saying it because he said he just came from the gym. I'm then like, I should oh,
0: leave. I'm, I'm the only the one that the shower, shower. I'm uh, leaving. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but you were at the gym earlier, so Craig. Yeah, you don't know. Nick's been going to the gym since he was uh, six months old. Yeah, and that's
2: why that's why I said he looks like pull, Rex when pull the mic there.
0: right this mic i need you to pull it right in. Right no, yeah there get you go right up in there right up in there yeah um so yeah yeah he's been working out since he was 6 months old but you know the reason no you didn't you started working out when you got your job broken or no
1: no no i started working out before that
0: oh it was before that i started
1: working out because i we went to catholic school yeah and in high school you the for um you get half half spare and then half half the semester religion so in the last year in grade 12 I had um, half spare and I didn't want to go to religion so I just I was like why well, go to religion I can just keep doing spare spare's more fun than religion sure so I just never went to religion class so I was actually half a credit short of graduating when I went to the ceremony and stuff like that so I needed a summer school class and I looked for the the easiest summer school class I could find, and at that time there was a gym teacher who had been a power lifter, and he had a lot of his own equipment and stuff at the gym at the school there, and uh, he offered a grade ten equivalent class, and it was grade ten weightlifting, and that's what I took in summer school, and that's how I graduated high school, and wow. ever since then, yeah, and ever since then I haven't stopped and, from, and, some some. And f- Craig f- will appreciate
0: day. this. Ever since then, um, Nick's perfect day starts with going to the gym. Good. And if he doesn't go to the gym, his brother has to deal with Nick, right. not in his perfect day situation. And when you're not having your perfect day, it uh it's not a it's not the best day. No, man. No. <laughs> but uh so I didn't yeah, I didn't explain these mics, you literally have to keep them right up. You can put no you can move it around. Pull it right into you. Yeah, you can sit oh, no. however you want, move it around. Otherwise no one's gonna hear you. But can you explain, uh Craig, for those of you don't know you, what what is the Perfect Day Formula, the book. I want to ask how you got to this point, but sure. you are this is probably what you're best known for now, because I feel like checking you out, you're known for a whole bunch of stuff.
2: I would still say I'm probably best known for my fitness stuff back in the day, the yeah. Turbulence Training stuff, because that just had a huge, huge, huge mashup of reach, and a lot of the people that have bought the book and... Do all my coaching and stuff they found me through that i i even have so i have coaching programs and stuff through this perfect day formula which helps people get more done make more money and still get home on time for dinner i like to say but i have guys who have sold businesses to paypal for like a 100 million dollars they come to my workshops and i'm like all excited i'm like oh you must have heard about me through the perfect day formula or you know through my other marketing stuff and they're like no i bought your workout program back in like 2008 so you know, I'm getting all of, of uh, people who had come f- through the workout world are now like, oh, I like what he's doing here and this other stuff, and and they want to continue learning. So that's where uh, that's where I'm most known for, but now I'm doing a lot with so this.
0: You could, so you started your business life in the fitness world?
2: Yeah. I, I've sold my first program on the internet in January of 2001 what was it it was it was uh
0: 2001 we're like that's like alta are we still alta vista days and I like i think
2: you're just past that just past alta vista
0: okay yeah i think okay. google's around then so okay. yeah google's definitely around then you're right yeah, S- yeah
2: so i i basically i sold a word document that had a bunch of wor- workouts in it that didn't have any pictures in it and i sold it for See, 50 those bucks those through paypal 50 no bucks way. through paypal
0: 50 bucks each or for the whole business. For the
2: whole, for the no, for the whole uh, one workout, workout program. One whole yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I didn't know what email. I well, sold I my entire business for fifty dollars. <laughs> it still counts. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I started writing for Men's Health magazine in two thousand. Okay. So that was that gave me this credibility. I called it the critical credibility, which you need as a marketer, or an entrepreneur, or anything. And so when I got that, then that allowed me to uh, build an email list. And so I had an email list of three thousand people at one point. And I was sending those emails out by hotmail. Nice. But you could only send them out to fifty people at a time.
1: No, wow. so you were sending multiple. It, you, it yeah. took me seventy
2: five minutes to send out the email because it was like blind carbon copy, yeah. fifty people. Then I so I had I had this Word document with people in fifty email batches and I would copy them and yeah. So yeah, and anyway, what, I had no idea what I was doing for so no, many years.
0: We'll, yeah. we've we'll all been there. But that's but what I did. did so
2: I sold the fitness programs and that evolved and I then i bought early to rise in 2011 so i really did the fitness stuff only well 90% of my stuff was fitness only until 2011 but i was also starting to do some business coaching as far back as 2007
0: and the men's health thing how did you get in there cuz that would give you a lot of credibility and authority i just sent them an email
2: God, it's like, they were one of the 50
0: they were one of the 50 yeah right
2: exactly <laughs> so i found the, the fitness editor's email address And so when people say, how do I get into magazines? I'm like, I'm the worst guy to ask because all I did was I found the editor's address. I I didn't even send him like a pitch. I just sent him one of my newsletters and he liked it and it it was good timing and I got lucky and he put it in the magazine. And then I realized something is that they started giving me more work and I realized that magazine editors are the most overworked and underpaid people in the world, editors of any kind. They have all these deadlines and what I found was all these other celebrity trainers were not getting back to them on time. And so I was getting back to them on time, and they, they gave me more work. And because they gave me more work, I was in the magazine more often. That gave me more publicity, helped grow my business.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Just you, made for, it,
1: you made it easy for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. just for,
0: we, we put out a, a monthly newsletter to our members. Mm-hmm. And um, for anyone who del- delivers content to us, if it comes on time and regularly, it's just a no-brainer. Like, after doing this for right. however many years and we publish it monthly, mm-hmm. you just need that. A- anyone who responds the way you responded is automatically a hero. Right, you know? exactly. So, okay, smart. So you got into that. That gave you the authority. That one YouTube video that has like... W- I don't know how many. I want to say million. Is it millions?
2: Yeah. So I have one. I have one that's about three million. I haven't checked it in a while, and it was growing. It's still growing pretty fast. So I have one that's been watched three million. I looked at one of my very first videos that I put up. That I put up in two thousand seven yesterday, because it was when I was really bad at speaking and and video. That one's at one point nine million. And then I have a few other ones that are like half a million. So. <laughs> They're just workout videos, and the one that has the three million—it's actually really entertaining. It's high energy because I did it in two thousand thirteen, and it's just a four-minute workout. That that one's crazy. Yeah. So
0: just the, that alone builds your audience. Oh, massive. Um, Yeah. And anyone, I don't want anyone listening to this thinking you need to start a business with that many millions of views and stuff like our YouTube videos get in between 357 and 438. And we're just doing fine. You don't need that. But obviously you built an audience off that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So then you start business coaching in the 2007.
2: Yeah. So I had my first uh, event in 2007 back when you could charge like a lot of money. So I had 53 people pay me I think it was an average of twenty five hundred bucks. Okay,
0: what gave you the guts to do that? Because so, it, that question. takes a lot of guts, like to go up there and stand on a stage and say, "I'm going to be the guy mm-hmm. to teach you all the stuff." Um, I don't know if that came natural to you, naturally to you, or
2: what was it. The uh, the the. Um Chutzpah, to stand up and tell people what to do, yeah. comes naturally to me. I like to tell people what to do.
0: The, and Nick, you'll get along. You yeah. and Craig get along perfectly. <laughs> yeah. we, we will or we won't. No, you will you, right. will. you guys will both tell yeah. each other what to do. I don't know if you'll listen to no, each other.
2: The, the ability to tell people what to do, I have naturally. The ability to be energetic and entertaining while do it is not something that came naturally. So it's very it was, it was good, but it was, um, not great. And there was, you know, I got some feedback from people and they, you know, people that have been to my event in 2007 and who are coming to the one next, next week or next month. And the ones who were at it last year, they go, I can't believe how much you've transformed. Like, yeah, I've done a lot of work. You know, I've watched a lot of my presentations and anybody, pretty much everybody hates listening to the sound of their own voice. I've listened to the sound of my own voice a lot in order to Figure out, okay, here's where it's not working. Here's what I need to improve. Then I go and get professional help, uh, you know, speaking help. Then I do it again. Then I practice, and I may mean, have practiced so many hours. And so it's all just, it's like any skill. And so I've been able to improve on that because. Uh, you know, that allows me to tell more people what to do.
0: That's super smart. We've practiced by just doing it and not getting any direction and not listening to anyone. So that, I admire that. Like for you to be able to listen to coaching about yourself, um, that's that's really difficult.
2: Well, I mean, it's like the, the weightlifting class that you're in. I call it the outside eyes, right? So, you know, when you were learning how to do, whether it was squat or whether it was power clean or whatever, you had a coach who knew how to do it. And he was looking at you from outside and he was able to say, okay, lean back more or explode more or whatever. If you were doing it on your own, you wouldn't, first of all, you wouldn't even know to explode more. And second of all, you wouldn't be able to see yourself doing it. So you wouldn't know when to explode more. So it's the same with any skill. I call it a virtuous cycle. You go and you figure out where you are right now, baseline. And this can be like real estate uh, investing too. Okay, baseline knowledge, the baseline performance. So that's where you are. Then you go and you get a professional to look at you. And teach you, and then you go and you practice, and then you get more feedback, and then you go and perform, and then you sit down and you review the performance, and you're back to baseline. This you know, you're elevated in your baseline, but now you just just keep going through the feedback loop.
1: So I and I agree with you completely, and I, I, I you know I think we're both pretty good. Like we'll get pretty determined when we want to learn something, get better or something, sure. and we'll
0: self critique pretty hard. Huh. Yeah. yeah,
1: but one of the, I guess one of the challenges you face with a lot of people is I don't think. Uh, at least in my experience limited experience compared to yours for what you do with that type of stuff is a lot of people don't want to spend the time doing that because that process it isn't instant and there's multiple steps to it so when someone comes to you and it's just like well look I want to learn this now or I don't have the time to kind of go through all that stuff what do you what do you say to them
2: well I I do think that you need to if you're going to be a good teacher is you need to cheat a little bit and give them instant victories because if If somebody is studying something or learning something, or even if they're a team member or an employee in your organization and they don't see progress, they become demotivated. So this is like research proven that if you have employees and they're working on a project and it's not moving ahead or, you know, it keeps getting put aside and the next project they get put on, well, that gets put aside too. Now they become demotivated and they're more likely to drop out of your organization find another job. So it's the same thing with anybody. You know, when someone would come to the gym with me, you know, as a personal trainer back in the day when that's what I did, I knew how to give them a great workout and help them get really great results on the scale or in the strength by using some tricks that were that were good for them. But it helped them see results quickly
1: while they were learning. The while
2: lesson. they were getting the long-term results, so you got to, as a coach, mentor, boss, you got to figure out how to do that to give people quick victories. It gives them momentum and gives them motivation to keep going through that. Because in most cases, it is going to be a long haul to actually see real, tangible results that stick with you. So. That's what I recommend there. But Craig, I want to go to this
0: point of you transitioning to do these events because I think a lot of people do stuff in life. They want to do something else Mm -hmm. and they're not sure how to make that little leap. You made the leap from doing your fitness stuff. You obviously had some goal that you wanted to do these events. What, what, What was it that were you frustrated or did you just believe in yourself? Like, how did you make that transition?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And so I, when I was in the fitness space, I like working out, but if you want to sit around and talk, talk about working out with me I would be like yeah find somebody else to talk about this you know I'd, I didn't really it was really so it's really weird like here is this fitness expert he doesn't even like talking about working out but that's the way I was and so I was trying to find my way out of it for years like most people are trying to find their way out of something for years and I knew that I could do the other thing so You know, I got coaching for it. So it was um, Yannick Silver, that name's probably familiar to you. He's- uh, Yeah, we
0: were in Yannick's Maverick group for a while. Okay, cool. Yeah,
2: Yeah, so I was in his mastermind group in 2007, and he said, hey, you, you you love teaching people, like I love teaching people about business stuff, not so much about fitness stuff. And so people were asking me, hey, how did you do this? And I wanted to go and share with people how I did it. So that's how I had my first event. And he helped guide me on it because he had had so many events. And then it was just, like it took me, eight years to make the full transition. Because, you know, fortunately, I'm like shaking my head and being so sad about this, but fortunately my fitness business was doing really well. So it kept me in the fitness world for a long, long time. And that's why it was a slow transition. Now I could have made it a lot faster, uh, but it was 2015 when I decided to go full transition and uh, basically shut the fitness business down. But it was really just, it was a lot of belief in myself. It was belief in myself that I, well, I like doing this. Um, I would do it – I think the bottom line was when I realized – because I tried to quit doing it in 2010, and I realized I can't quit doing this. Like, I'm, I'm going to wake up and just start writing about this stuff anyways, so I may as well keep going with it. I think I tried to quit doing it two or three times, and I realized it's the kind of thing, like, I'll do for free for people that can afford it, you know, once in a while, scholarships, young people. I love working with young people, doing – you know, coaching them for free on this stuff. So I realized I'm not going to stop doing this. I, it's, I'm compulsive about it. So let's go all in on it. It was in you, yeah.
0: And is that why you uh, went in and now you you own and run and uh, Early to Rise? Yeah. So that well, was around 2011.
2: Yeah. So that was something I always wanted to kind of be involved with. Um, I had actually written for them as one of their health experts way back in like 2005 to 2007. Early to Rise. For people that uh, don't know of it, it was started in like 2000. Like before the internet, you know, before Al I Gore. I feel like invented,
0: it was started in like 1970, but right, yeah, 2000, right. sure. Right, so Al <laughs> Gore
2: invented the internet, and the first website that came on the internet was uh, early to rise by this guy named Mark Ford, who just to make things even more complicated, <laughs> wrote all his books under the name Michael, Michael Masterson. Masterson. Yes, yeah, yeah. So now, but now he goes by Mark Ford and uh, is okay with that. And so he started this 2000, 2001 he wrote 2,000 articles for that website over there. Is that what it was? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then he was just like, I'm tired of this. And so he wanted to move on to something else. But he also can't stop doing it. So he's tried to retire three times, and he can't stop because he's just, he just loves learning and sharing and coaching. So I bought that business from him in 2011 when he was ready to move on and have been running it ever since. Yeah.
0: When you bought that business, the intent was to add that onto other businesses that you run like or was, that, was this a side project for you? Was no, it main... was
2: it was because uh, I was still running all the fitness stuff. The intent was to make early to rise the main thing. But then again, we just released this new fitness product and the fitness thing. Yeah. Kept going. Kept okay. going for like another three years. Got it.
0: OK. So now I'm, I'm interested. Nick, just jump in. I keep I keep no, yeah, uh, I'm interested in everything you've done or, or can you just kind of give like the overview of the perfect day? Like what was the idea behind putting all of, you know, the book together and everything that you do around creating the perfect day? And I know you talk about the perfect week now as well. Yeah. But can you just talk about that a little bit? Like what was the intent behind that?
2: So I have questions. Yeah. about this. So in 2006, when I was, you know, just making a lot of money on, as this fitness expert, I actually had anxiety attacks. And so those anxiety attacks made me realize I'm getting up too late. I'm you know staying up too late. I'm working too much. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm just – even though I was getting a lot done and I was much more structured than the average person, for me, it was just too out of control. So So the
0: anxiety came from because you thought you weren't accomplishing what you could accomplish? um,
2: It came from little stuff like – You know, I was waking up at 7.30 in the morning, which for most people is like, well, that's pretty early. But for me, when I woke up at 7.30 in the morning, I'm the kind of guy who wants to go to the gym, who wants to do five hours of work, who wants to... Yeah, I want to do 19 things before 9 o'clock in the morning. So 7.30 is too late. But I was... The thing that really gave me anxiety was I was working too much and I was living downtown Toronto. So I was going out all the time. And, you know, 29 years old and not 21 years old anymore. And so that... All combined gave me anxiety, plus I was a very introverted person, so, you know, strong, uh, high strong, type A type person. So a lot of people get anxiety, a lot of entrepreneurs get anxiety. The, th- the ironic thing was, is that I was kind of like, li- like you couldn't have asked for like an easier kind of life than I was living, yet somehow I had these anxiety attacks. Sent me to the emergency room twice, realized, okay, got to make some oh, changes shit. here. Yeah, yeah. So it was really interesting. Felt like I was having a heart attack for six weeks straight, 24 hours a day. So tingling from the top of my head down to the end of my fingertips, tight chest, elevated heart rate, couldn't breathe. Man, it was just, it was really bizarre. And, and when you go through that, you like, you know, you probably heard somebody a little bit older than than you guys say, oh man, health is like when you lose your health. You, and, and so I did go through that where it's like, I would do anything to get back to normal. So I did all these things, yoga, meditation, Qigong, which is standing meditation, all this stuff. I hated all of it, but you know the, the the lessons of learning how to breathe properly were huge, because most of us who are um, busy people, what we do is we hunch over computers and we breathe through our upper chest, and when you do that, you take short, shallow breaths. It's kind of like hyperventilating. You need to change
0: my breathing right now.
2: Right, you know. <laughs> yeah, you take you take those short, shallow breaths. You increase uh, carbon dioxide in the uh, you decrease carbon dioxide in the blood because you're blowing it off, and that causes adrenaline to be released in your body, and adrenaline associated with anxiety. So that was one thing. I had to learn how to do these slow, big belly breaths that you see in yoga and meditation. That was a huge game changer, in addition to all the other stuff that slowed me down. So that then made me realize I need more structure in my day. So it's not about getting up really early in the morning, although I do, a lot of people do. It's about getting up a little bit earlier so that you don't wake up already in the race. Behind the eight ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel like you're chasing the tail, right? And so it's get up a little bit earlier, but have your day planned the night before, have a not to-do list, which is almost as important as your to-do list, and just make sure you're focusing on what matters. Because there's a million things you can do, especially if you are working all day and then real estate investing on the side. Now, you know, you got two full-time jobs, plus you have three kids, plus you have sports, plus you have this. You know, it can really get you uh, wound up. So I wanted to help people simplify things. And it's been great feedback. I've just been able to, to get them, their life more structured because one of the paradoxes in the book that I say is structure equals freedom. The more structure in your day, the more freedom you will have in your life because you will get more done during the day. So you can leave on time, get home and be free with your family at night to concentrate on what counts.
0: So the book came out in 2015 15, at the end of that year. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, and that's when you made the transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then can you, so now have, who's your client? You're working with executives and
2: On, mostly, it's mostly entrepreneurs between like a million and $10 million businesses. So okay. small to medium sized. Okay. Um, Someone
0: from our team here at rockstar, took the reason we met you is yeah. Tim oh, yeah. took your one day workshop. Yeah. The one day workshop raved about you. And mm-hmm. then that's kind of how this whole connection came to be. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, from doing this stuff now full time since 2015 what are the big things that we like you know i think i know what i mess up on mm-hmm. but what do people mess up on when they they're not running their day properly aside from what you were just get said getting up early is it like yeah let well me hear what i you mean say. it's
2: it's clarity most people at the end of the day i say what was the big takeaway you know from spending a day with me we usually do a group of uh, six entrepreneurs in the room and and one of the most common words well two of the most common words are focus now i know what to focus on um, I, you know, they were going after 19 things before. And one of the things that I do is I, I kind of like slap people's hands, and say, no, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that. I right can't now. Do, wh- why? Because you can't, you can, I like this quote I came across recently. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. And if you want to do great things, my quote is, if you want to do great things, you have to do fewer things because you need to be focused, focused, focused. Then there was this legendary story of Bill Gates and Warren Buffett having dinner at Bill Gates's house and Bill Gates's mom is there and she says, what's your secret to success? And they both say, focus, they both say, focus, right? And if, if you actually look at what Warren Buffett did for 50 years is he sat at a desk and he read financial statements eight hours a day. That's all he did. He didn't go on TV. Like you see him on TV now and all this stuff, but that's not what he was doing for decades. And for most of these guys who were really successful, like there's a really popular guy in social media these days, Grant Cardone. You know you ever mm-hmm. seen Grant Cardone stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean Grant Cardone, he's doing a million things now. But for the last 30 years, he only did one thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know much of his story. Is yeah. that what it was? It was yeah, it was real real estate estate he was real estate investing. Yeah, he yeah, yeah.
2: was building his... Re- now you know. Now he's got everything. I've got like a pair of Grant Cardone socks on. You yeah, know? got it. <laughs> uh, and, and so all my friends are like, oh, you know, I've got this business doing like a million, $2 million a year. I want to get my own clothing line. I want to get my own supplement. Like, no, merch, no, no, I want no. my own merch. Right, just do one, do one thing really, really well. And so focus... Um, I like to describe my days like if you can visualize an upside down triangle, we start big picture, you know, throw out all the things you want to do. And then I'm just going to chop away over the course of the day so that, you know, by the end of the day, here's what you're going to do in the next 90 days. Here's what you're going to do in the next 24 days, 24 hours even. So focus and clarity, clarity, because a lot of people are coming in. I like to use this analogy that they're coming in with like, imagine you took a jigsaw puzzle and you just poured the box into somebody's head. That's what most people are walking around like. It's all jumbled up in there. They they know where they come. I mean, they want to be rich and they want to have a great family life. Well, that is, you know, that's, that's like <laughs> and ri- balance and balance. Oh yeah, but they want yeah, to be balanced yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So, so the thing is, you can, you actually can have so much of these things. You really can have, you know, air quotes, have it all. You you can, but first of all, we got to like do less. We got to get complete clarity and focus, and that's what I help people do. And it doesn't matter if they have a gym. It doesn't matter if they have a manufacturing company. It doesn't matter if they're an author. I have actors. I have athletes, CEOs of companies. Yeah, so it's just because it's all – the everybody's struggling with the same problems. And that's another thing that people love about the day is they're sitting around, they're like – Oh my God, I'm not the only person dealing with that. I didn't know, you know, I thought it was the only one. Cause, you know, an entrepreneur is often an island or even an executive. Like, who are they going to complain? They can't complain. Yeah, it's to very lonely. People. It's very lonely. Yeah, you can't complain to the people below you. You can't, you don't want to take it home to the spouse. You can't complain Complain to your brother in law, you know, so. I can complain to him though. Right. Right. No, yeah, I yeah, complain to yeah. Nick a lot. <laughs> right. In one ear and We're very the other positive people, know. but I complain. Right.
1: <laughs> he calls it complaint. I call bitch. I say bitch.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, and so it's just that. And so they leave and it's like, they I, usually about 1130 in the morning, There's because we do these men, um, exercises, mental exercise, where I ask questions, they write it down, I coach them through it. And usually about 1130 in the morning, by then, everyone has had this moment where I just see their eyes kind of like go really wide. And I'm like, yes, they just had that moment of the day where they had a huge breakthrough. And, you know, the rest, of it, it's, it's going to be great. And then they get coaching for the next year and stuff after. But I'm always looking for that eye-opening moment where I'm like, yes.
0: Good. What's one of the common ones that they just can't do everything?
2: Um, you know, the common one is that led me to the perfect week formula, which is this whole date night thing. So every, huh. everybody comes in and they're like, man, you know, the, my marriage is, it's it's good, but it could be better. And, you know, we want to have weekly date night because I talk about that in one of the exercises. And they go, oh, I go, how often are you doing a weekly date night? And they go, well... You know, maybe you try once, once a month, once a month, try, right. We yeah, try once a month. And I go, okay, do you realize what the problem is, is that you don't put it on the calendar at like a non-negotiable appointment. And my business partner in California, this guy, Bedros Koulian, whenever I go down and work with him or, you know, we're filming videos we're running masterminds every Wednesday at five o'clock, he basically like kicks me out of his car or kicks me out of his office and says, Hey, you're on your own from now on. Even if there's like other people that have flown in, he's like, "You guys, you go have dinner together. It's date night." It is non-negotiable on that calendar. He will schedule his travel around it, everything. And his relationship is really, really strong. So people are like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, just you actually just put the stuff that matters on the calendar first before you put all the other stuff on the calendar." And you know, listen, I'm not I'm not a rocket surgeon here. Listen, this is all stuff that you know, it's just that I help people formulate it in an order where they go from that clutter to the, and, and chaos to complete clarity. And so we put what I call the big rocks go on your calendar first. When you do that, all of a sudden you go from, I, I just can't find time for exercise. I can't find time for date night. I can't find enough time for the kids. Okay, well, let's just wipe the slate clean and build your business around your life, which means put the big rocks, put the time with the kids on first. If you want to go to massage or you want to go to the athletic therapist or whatever it is, you don't say, well, I'm gonna try and find time this week. You put it on the calendar first and before you put any work on and you say, this is non-negotiable. This is like the trip to the doctor or dentist or you know lawyer, like I can't miss this. And once you start thinking like that, it's first of all, you get that stuff done. But then second of all, it operates like when you go to when you take your kids bowling and they put the bumpers up on the side you know so so you don't get any gutter balls now you're putting in these bumpers into your day that force you to actually get a whole bunch of work done in a short amount of time like if you say i can only i'm only allowed to work 6 hours today you know what you're probably going to get as much done as totally. if, as if you totally. worked allowed yourself 9 hours because you fiddle around you fart around and stuff like that and so that's what these things like if you put all the rocks on first like Date night, non-negotiable, 5 o'clock Wednesday. I got to leave the office and start date night. Well, I'm going to get a whole lot done by 5 o'clock. It's funny
0: because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and that kind of stuff, they're good at prioritizing some things. That's why they were successful mm-hmm. with their business. But when it comes to their relationship, they totally use a different set of rules. And that's why they don't have it booked in their calendar. And I'm right. I'm guilty of that too. Like I'll go through months where Carol and I will have... Everything set up with date t- and we do like date lunches and mm-hmm. stuff sometimes and that kind of thing, yeah. date movies and all this stuff. And then for whatever reason, calendar gets busy. We get thrown a curveball. And whenever I look back, I'm like, why am I not like as happy as I usually am, or what's going on? It's because those things have fallen off the calendar. Yeah, you know. So it's. Uh,
1: I I learned the hard way going back to your point about about not about doing less. That was a big breakthrough for me because I I would wake up in the morning, so I would I would always write a list. I'm a list guy, mm-hmm. right? So I would write my list of what I had to do that day and. I love cross. I The satisfaction I get crossing right. stuff off my list, I'm that type of personality. So like if I would put on like eat breakfast, and like I'd cross <laughs> it off and be like, yeah, I achieved something. But then I would get pissed off by the end of the day because I would put too much on that list right. and I wouldn't get it all done and then I'd be like, I'd, I'd be in a bad mood later at the end of the day and then I already wake up the next day like I'm behind the eight ball because I had to catch up from the day before. And as soon as I realized, I'm like, man, why am I trying to do so much in one day? And I just toned it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was a flipping big breakthrough for me. And not, I don't know if I'm doing more or not, but I just know mentally who I became was a lot better because I, just, I, I felt like I was in a proper place. And I think trying to understand what you can and can't do in a day and what makes sense and what doesn't. I, I to, to your point, I had I learned it the hard way because I actually freaked out a number of times and then I finally kind of just kind of got it together. Right. Um, it was such a big point for me man that was that was a huge huge yeah point. I think
0: something we've been able to do that's helped us is just prioritize really well. We're, you know and I think it's why we studied marketing, the way we study marketing is we understand that if you do these things in business, these limited things, you're going to achieve some results. Mm -hmm. You can almost screw up everything else. (laughs) But if you kind of get like the lead flow working and have customers calling you and stuff, you can almost be not very good at anything else Mm -hmm. and you can be successful, whatever that means to you, you know?
2: Yeah. So I would say that's huge, huge, huge thing that entrepreneurs do. I mean, because we think we can do so much, right? We put all this stuff on our back. So over planning the day is huge, you know, trying to, you know, crammed we like 10 eat. pounds of potatoes yeah. in a five-pound bag and no
1: no breaks in between and right it's like, no uh, buffer time exactly buffer time is killing right? yeah. people. yeah yeah i did that i did i made that mis- i've made a lot of mistakes but i made that mistake too where it was like from one thing to the next to the next so then anything that came up could never be dealt with and again i always fell behind and everything right so and that, but then
2: you also don't get water breaks you don't get food breaks and the next thing you know you're like ex- you're exhausted at the end of the day and you're pissed off and it's just it's not good so you you have to really treat yourself like an athlete you have to you can't always be in playoff mode and you have to you know get Get subbed out a little bit and you have to have a halftime and you have to have all you know just you're a high performer I mean people are understanding that more now than ever but just don't try and don't overdo not. it sure. I, I
0: think what almost broke us is when we first started this business and I left the corporate world for probably like in that transition I was doing like the 4 30 a.m. to about midnight because we were doing marketing stuff late and yeah. for two or three years I was doing that four and a half, five and a half hours worth of sleep. Like I would be Man, at that crazy. one cafe in Burlington. They were unlocking the doors at 5 a.m. And I was there. I had young kids. I had mm-hmm. to leave the house before they got right. up so I can get stuff done. So I'd be writing our blog posts and mm-hmm. stuff. We have some search engine optimized site, sites yeah. from years ago and stuff. And writing our weekly emails and that kind of stuff. And it almost broke me to the point where some of my friends, when I was just leaving the corporate world and I was doing both things, they, I had a laptop bag that was like our business underneath my desk at my corporate job that I took for lunch uh-huh. and did stuff for our business yep. and then I came back to the office and did my corporate job I was a regional sales manager in yep. the software industry and some of my friends would come in my office and they would look at me and say are, you know are you going to live like you look like you're going to die because of that you know too I was just cramming too much in yeah. but I need I look reflect back and I needed to do that a little bit because if I wanted the perfect balance at that moment in my in my life I would we would have never created the momentum to start the business mm-hmm. so I don't regret it like, I actually needed to do that for that period of time, but I couldn't, it's not sustainable. No, I, I'm I surprised I could, you
2: sustained it for that long. That's- it was
0: long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, you were, yeah. uh, I gained, uh, I, I, I started putting on weight. I, started I used to wake up
1: some... and I, I'd walk into, I was still going to the gym, just for the record. Yeah. So I was exhausted. Yeah. But I would literally walk in my left shoulder because of the, the way the door opened to the right. I still remember this. I would walk into the wall sometimes, like half my body would walk into the wall as I was trying to stumble out of the bedroom. I was so tired. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whatever. That's probably, when I knew I was extra tired that morning. I'm like, oh man, walked into the wall again. I must have really tired. I got to watch yeah.
0: it. I remember one <laughs> night, Carol, we were going to like square one, I think, to Old Navy to get some clothes for the kids kids and i'm like i'm just gonna sit on this bench outside square one here. fell asleep i fell asleep like i don't know i guess it was like 7 p.m or something and i'm sleeping in square one like outside of old navy yeah oh there's probably like, better there's definitely better
1: ways to so we, we yeah we, we're we, really good at learning things the hard way yeah, yeah. right
0: we we're, prefer to actually learn everything the hard way all our real estate lessons have been the hard way too
2: that's one way of doing it yeah, yeah. And, then, and i guess one other thing that i've found very very common over the over the years is the more that i work with high performing entrepreneurs it's. a the more I realize, the ones who are successful plan very, very specifically in detail the night before. So I understand a lot of people get up, I'm gonna make my to-do list in the morning, but I think if you're making your to-do list in the morning, you're already a little bit too late, do it the night before, that way you know, ex- you're hitting the ground running in the morning or walking into the wall early in the morning, but you are, you're off to that that start and that those, that morning time I is think
1: important. it also, it's, so yeah, I agree 100% and I, I you know, and. I'm not generally this this type of person to believe, you know, it, like some people think that this is airy-fairy type of stuff, but I also believe that your subconscious will work, oh, yeah. work during the nighttime hours. Yeah, you get hours, the clarity. So then when you wake up, often the first, instead of tra- having to get into the mood to get that first priority done, you're there. Like you can mm-hmm. jump into that and I think it makes a big difference because I know the, the mornings when I have the sur- something set, especially if it's something that I have to sit down on the computer, maybe it's, it's writing and I know that I'm getting up that morning to write I can wake up I'm in a much different mood ready to write at that moment than I would be an, at another time absolutely right? yeah I, makes, I, that makes a big difference I
0: think yeah if I reflect back I'm always most productive or or the most productive few years I've ever had have been when I bought the index cards from the dollar store and every night I wrote out the uh, the list of things I had to do the next day and then I prioritized them right and then I would write out which is number one which is number two and it, the night before just like you're saying yeah you and were already
2: doing what I t- uh, t- preach in my book
0: yeah it was I think it was Stephen Coveys stuff mm-hmm. four quadrants that really of right. got me into right. that kind of mode mm-hmm. and that's always been the best and there's some clarity you gain by writing it out like you have in the perfect day formula when you write it out on paper oh yeah totally the clarity from taking it out of your mind and and and, and writing it down you travel a lot um, do you travel all around though? I feel like you travel all around North America a lot. Do you travel all around the world a lot?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was gone. I was in South Africa and Europe for 31 days this summer. So I go to Europe uh, every summer.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. So do we. Sometimes I think in North America, we have this, uh, we have to operate our lives in this way because nobody owns here. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. When we're in Europe and I look at people over there, like I was admiring a couple of years ago, this one guy, he makes sea salt. Uh-huh. He gets up in the morning, he gets the salt, he gets the seawater from the Adriatic Sea, he puts them on big tables, and the sun evaporates the water, uh-huh. and he gathers it up and he sells this sea salt. Wow. And I'm like, wow, this guy really like doesn't have this list. that like I need this list of, like, he just seems to get up, have his coffee. Well, and you mean, can't
2: do anything before, like, 10 o'clock. Yeah, no, no, own-
0: no. And I'm like, Jesus. And then there's these other guys who are like, all they do is they raise these lambs, and they sell these lambs to people, and people buy the lambs, and they roast the lambs, and you know. And I'm like, why is North America, like, why are my our relatives over there like they'll take all day to do anything and if i just boil it down i'm like these guys own their houses like it's passed down from like generations they're not trying to pay off a mortgage In any way. So they can kind of get artistic and get into anything that they want. They don't seem to have this big financial kind of nut that's over their head that they have to pay off. Whereas in North America, I feel like so many people are just trying to make their payments every month that you have to, like, sit down and plan the night before and be efficient. Because when I try to articulate what the way we operate to our cousins in Mm Croatia… They just, it's its like, it, they have no <laughs> concept of like how kind of efficiently we all do things over here. Right, yeah. And totally I just boil it that. down to just like, they have like, their houses are passed down from like hundreds of years. It's like the son and daughter have places to like, here's your place where you're going to live. You know, the right. land is already owned and stuff. Whereas here, we're all kind of like trying to pay off mortgages and debt and all that kind of stuff. And it just frames North America a little differently. Well, do you think about that stuff? Uh,
2: especially in this part of North America. I mean, you know, in Toronto, which is a city that yeah, extends okay. so far away. And, and, and you know, it, it's funny, like you could take somebody out and if they look at it from the outside, they go, wow, why am yeah, well, I kind of <laughs> trapped up in this? And, you know, and some people move away and, and, you know, move to Costa Rica or something like that. And it's it's all fine if you don't let it control you. So I I, yeah, good point. I help people kind of like, listen, this is a game I'm going to play. And either the rules are going to be enforced upon me, or I'm going to enforce my rules upon the game. That's the, that's the way I I look at it, and I think that you can, especially as an entrepreneur, you can definitely enforce the rules, your rules, on the way that the world has to play your game. Um, it's a little bit more difficult when you are a team member of a of, at a job or something, but I still, even when I had a job, I I owned my hours outside of outside of it very much so. So I think that it's just totally reframing the situation that you're in to control it. And that's why, you know, I talk about in the book, control your mornings and own your day.
0: Do you, Can you ever move away to Costa Rica and do nothing for a year?
2: Me personally? Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think you could.
2: I Just looking wouldn't. at you and seeing your personality. I haven't thing. yet. Like, so. I think
0: you would pump out three books in that well, year. Well, that,
2: that's the thing. I mean, if you let me write, uh, I'd be fine with it, but I don't know what else I would do. You so, wouldn't I mean.
0: take care of the garden for a year though.
2: Uh, no, no. You wouldn't let the water if...
0: evaporate uh, evaporate up no. from the sun and no. create sea salt.
2: <laughs> I, I would start surfing and then be like oh well i can get you know i can get people uh, working for me you know tr- t- teaching people surfing and you know it's starting to one of those things
0: so why why so you tell everyone when you spoke at our event so thank you i mean yeah, the no feedback
2: problem. we got from that was
0: great you you have this awesome line where you're like i wrote the perfect day formula and it's the wrong book
2: it is the wrong can book. You,
0: yeah so what was the thinking was that a realization you had like right after you wrote it
2: no it was realization that didn't come till about six or maybe nine months ago when i so after I'd been coaching the Perfect Life Workshop for about two years, and then and it was just kept it, it. It really centered around that date night thing. And It was like, okay, the date night thing has to go on the calendar first. Well, then your workouts have to go on the calendar first, and your your bedtime has to go on the calendar, and your end of day planning has to go on the calendar, and your deep work blocks have to go on the calendar. So all this stuff needs to go on the calendar before your quote unquote workday goes on the calendar. That really like, and even if you're an employee. This is what you need. This is how you need to think so that you don't miss out on the things that matter. So, actually, it was just Mark Ford, who we were just talking about. He's actually started writing again on his blog just because the guy can't stop writing. And he had a quote the other day. He was speaking at an investing conference and he's like, I don't even care about investing anymore. I just want to tell all these investors to stop thinking about money and just go and spend more time with their grandkids. So this is because I've interviewed Mark and he's like, you know what, I've, I could have went back and did things a different way. I would have done a few things a different way. And so here's a guy who's having a little self-reflection. He's like, maybe he should have put more grandkid time on the calendar first sort of thing. So we're a lot of us are going to end up in that situation where we're like, oh, you know what, maybe I should have done some things different. So let's step back and do that reflection now and then put it on the calendar so that we don't miss out on those things.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. So when you work with people now, it's about kind of, are, are people walking out of your workshops with their week crafted? Is that how they walk out?
2: They walk out there with their next, with their, um, their business year. planned out for the year. Okay. Then a 90 day quarterly plan, then a 30 day, what I call a fast start guide. So it was like, here, what are we going to do tomorrow? The next day, the next day, the next day. So they so that's the clarity and focus. like, oh, I see. Because they, they knew they wanted to get to Disney World. They just didn't know how to get there. And I show them. Here's exactly you're going to fly to Orlando. You're going to get in a rental car. You're going to drive there. It's a. It's that's it's that straight line of success. And they're like, Oh, okay. I knew where I wanted to get to. Didn't know how to get there. So thank you for showing me how to do it.
0: Okay, so you give people the clarity, but inevitably people fall off with the clarity. How? Why do they fall off first of all, and then how do you get them back on track?
2: So we keep them on track with weekly coaching, um, but they do walk. Okay. They do walk out of there knowing how their busiest day needs to look. So the very okay. the very last. The second last exercise before they commit to three things for the next 12 months is we plan their busiest day. So I say, okay, we're going to plan one day here. You're going to, you know, if Monday's your busiest day with calls and all this stuff. We're going to plan this out so you know exactly how it goes with those buffer times, you know, so that people aren't doing too much. And they walk out going, okay, I know exactly how tomorrow needs to look and the day after that so that I, I get all the things that are important done and I work hard. It's classic. A lot of them, even though they know better, they're working in the business, not on the business. So I help them that figure that out. And then they walk out and they're like, okay, this is a plan. And I keep a copy of their goals. And when we stay in touch for the next uh, year, every week through coaching emails, and they send me like, hey, here's what's working. Here's what's not working. Can you introduce me to this person? I need help with this. And that way I can keep them on track. And if I don't hear from them for a while, then I make sure I go in and track them down. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. So they really fall off. They fall off mostly because something's going a little bit wrong. And they don't want to check in because they're like, oh, I don't. Embarrassed. Want, I, yeah, that's how I'd be. Yeah, Greg, and,
0: you told me all the answers. Right. I had an unexpected curveball of a week. Right. I threw it all in the garbage for a week, but right. I told myself I'd get back to it on Monday. But then ah, I was tired. Yeah.
2: And Then they're like, I hope he. <laughs> it's like they're like sitting in math I hope class. He doesn't find out. Yeah. I
0: hope he doesn't find out. Is yeah. he watching me on social media right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am too.
2: And they're like sitting there in math class. I hope he doesn't call on me. I hope. Yeah. He doesn't totally. Call on totally. Me. Head down. Hey you. You. you <laughs> tell me your answers. But we so, all
0: need that. I mean, that's. I'm sure that's what made you successful as a fitness guy in that world that you had the accountability i know when nick finally dragged me to the gym the best results that i've been able to get are with a trainer who's been keeping me otherwise it's like oh my gosh my legs hurt i'm really not going to do anything today and someone just yells at you and you're Mm -hmm. like okay i'm going to do it yeah right so
2: i just uh, hired for the first time ever in my life i just hired somebody else to write my workouts because i you know i'd gotten to the point where like i'm just not as excited to go to the gym anymore i'm i still went as much as you guys do but it just you know the intensity wasn't there you know i'd maybe do 40 minutes instead of 45 minutes and the next thing you know it's 30 minutes and and i'm still going i'm still going um and i was like okay i don't like this um and so i hired a guy to make my workout programs and even though i don't follow them to the letter the intensity of the training is up the the extra work the old man warm-ups i call them that i have to do to stay injury free i'm doing those better everything's better just because i have coaching and accountability
0: yeah got it yeah yeah works on everybody yeah i like going to the gym just because i like doing and
1: one less thing to think about too right right the coach and it goes a lot with the coaching you have the plan right there you just follow the plan yeah it's very similar to what you spoke about if the night before you make the plan for the next day Mm -hmm. The next day is easier because the plan's there you just follow it yep. i mean because i did the same thing and for years i i didn't I, I i did my own my own thing at the gym and then eventually i got to a point i don't know a while ago now i don't now, know if
0: you listen to anybody now
1: but uh well no you for the program for the programming i follow oh, okay. i follow all Dan's stuff. i think you, know you, that,
0: you yeah. get p- programmed but then you adjust it for yourself
1: anyway <laughs> I yeah i do <laughs> i do more than i probably should anyways but uh But, and it was, it was, it changed for me too, because I was like, it's just, it was, I was like, wow, this is so easy now because you don't need the willpower. Someone else is thinking about it. Mm. And then if uh, my knees bother me, it's like, hey, my knees bother me. Oh, okay, we'll just adjust this. And I don't have to figure out how to change things, whatever. It's just all someone else is doing the thinking. Right. So it's really nice that way. You know, it it just aligns perfectly with what you're saying. Right. It gives
2: you that because there's a limited amount of mental bandwidth that we have for anything. Totally. And so if you can. Whether it's delegating chores at home or whether it's you know delegating some decisions, just get all rid of d- all the I don't delegate
1: stuff. chores at home to to anyone. Just to be clear, uh, just in case my, oh, wife's, my wife's listening, I want to make sure. Oh, that she I hears
0: stand that. up at the front. <laughs> I stand up above our family room and I delegate to the family. I tell everyone I'm the dictator of the family, and then no one really listens to me, but I keep talking. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, anyway. I can't help you with that. No, yeah, I'm your dictator. All right. <laughs> how do you get b-
1: back on track when you fall mm-hmm.
0: off? I'm curious. I think I just—it's just the point of frustration where I feel embarrassed that uh, I'm I'm telling people who ask me how to correct their lives, but I'm not following my yeah. own freaking advice, and I just get so frustrated that it gets me back on track. Yeah. That's, that's I, don't, a, I, don't
2: I talk about that a lot, and I call that misalignment. So we, you know, whenever you feel hypocritical is you just can't go on like yeah, that you and, break you know if you're if you're saying hey go in this direction and you're going in the other direction it doesn't work yeah inside you know and He's so like, so when i was when i had those anxiety attacks part of it was that misalignment so i was you know five and a half six and a half days a week i was the perfect student you know i was i was telling people you know eat right exercise and i was eating right and exercising i was writing for men's health and then four o'clock on saturday till four in the morning on sunday you know, I'm downtown Toronto at a bar. Shit and, fest. Yeah, and, you know, and getting home at what time I normally get up at, and not telling anybody about it, living like you know wasn't I wasn't doing anything bad. You know, a secret life though, and it was like that misalignment cause that internal stress and I knew it and I felt like a bit of a hypocrite and I was like I hope nobody finds out I do this and then that was you know the 917th contributor to the anxiety yeah, attacks. got it yeah. yeah
0: I like that accountability like I like that I to me that's like okay I have to get on track you know it doesn't really uh I can see how it causing anxiety yeah like, and, I,
2: and so I think it's really important that you tell people what you want to achieve uh, you tell people, this is the way that I'm going to operate. Like, I quit swe- Yeah, Just after I, I took over Early to Rise, I quit swearing because I th- I took it as a challenge. And so I tell oh, people shit, that I... Shit, we've been yeah. swearing right through here. Well, I, I don't care if people we'll convert, swear... In, we'll convert them back. And yeah, I'm damn. swearing in my <laughs> okay, head, okay. <laughs> but I'm not swearing out of my mouth because I realized, you know what, I I can do this. And so so now I tell people that, and if people catch you swearing, like, hey, I thought you said you don't swear, yeah. now you're a hypocrite, that causes a lot of internal stress. So I... That's why I tell people I get up at this certain time, I never hit the snooze button, and that stuff keeps I like me, that. Yeah. yeah. That stuff keeps me on track because you know, even if you're the only person that knows, you know. Yes. And and if you're a good person, that will bother you. Bothers you. You know, 5% of the population it won't bother, but you know, 95% of the people, they won't like the way they feel when they tell people what to do and they're not doing it. And even when I coach people, you know, I I hear the advice going out to them, but I'm like Oh wait a minute! Am I doing that? And it might not be in the same part of their life, but um, the, like oh, for yeah. example, with the swearing, I was I was running intervals one day, and I just thought I tell people what to do all the time. I tell them to step outside of their comfort zone, and yet you know I have this bad habit, this vice. Well, I should take my own advice here and go and do it. And so I always I'm always taking my own advice basically.
0: What's your, you're in like, I would call it competition season for your life. I've looked at your calendar in your newsletter. Mm-hmm. And right now it looked like when you came to speak at our event, remember we, we reached out to Craig, uh, we were like, okay, our event's Saturday, Craig looks like he's speaking at his own event on Friday in Chicago, our events in Toronto at like eight thirty AM on Saturday, I, he'll probably be up for it. <laughs> yeah. So we send you an email, assuming that you're going to say, hey, guys, I can't do it. And you said, yeah, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. You've got up at, like, I assume it's got to be 3, 4 in the morning. It you was got, 3.45. Was yeah. it 3.40? 340, yeah, uh, 3.45. Got on a flight. You came to speak at the event two weeks ago now or whatever it was. Uh, it, we got great feedback on it. Um, so you're in that season where you're doing your workshops. It looks like all around the world and stuff. Yeah. So how are you, man- you're you're in your competition season, I would imagine. Sure. You can't keep that pace up all year. No. But right now, what is your week looking? Like how, when you're this busy, yeah. so for someone in a career where, you know, they have the end of the quarter or, or end of the fiscal year mm-hmm. and it's just really, it's a lot busier. Yeah. Um, how are you managing your week? Because you're in one of your busy periods now. How does, has anything changed during this time? It's not. Are you still able to hit the gym? And oh like, Yeah. Are, are those your big rocks? Those are things for you. The yeah. gym is one of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I still get pretty good social time. I still get my gym time. I I don't do any, like I don't do anything that you know people would consider like a, a chore or anything. I everybody Outs- I outsource. I, I, I I've basically built my entire life like, laund- I, like, laund- laundry though la- laundry cooking everything. You're
0: moving around a lot though, so you have laundry. Well, food. I mean,
2: I I spend a lot of on hotel laundry. Put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, okay. but basically, like I've. And I've been doing this for my entire life is figuring out how to get other people to do stuff for me. So I've been I like to one of the benefits of being lazy is you figure out how to get people to do stuff. So I'm I'm selectively lazy, I guess you would say. So I don't do anything that kind of eats my time up. And, you know, like I'll I'll figure out I'll even think about what time my flight is like when I'm picking a flight because I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't want to get stuck in traffic. So my flight is going to leave at X, Y, Z time or I can leave it two hours later when there's no traffic, I'll take that flight. And so I'm you know, I'm just meticulous about making sure that every one of those minutes and is You don't drive either, right? Or no, going... so I'm I work in Ubers all the time and, you know, my average Uber ride is probably like forty five minutes. So I'm in the car a lot, but it's, it's like having a personal driver, but yeah, you it's don't have a different to guy every car. Time. You're not filling up on gas. Right. You're not paying insurance. You're you not get,
1: and in. you can get stuff done. You can sit there and think yep. or you can get stuff yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I I, right.
2: I work on a laptop in the back of an yeah. Uber. I mean, most people probably can't do that, but I can. Um, but I used to like drive around all the time and I was like, oh my God, I'm wasting all this time. Looking for parking. paying yeah, for, or, just, yeah, yeah, just any of that stuff. So I'm just, I'm, you know, I time myself getting out of uh, an airplane through customs into an Uber. It's like down to like seven minutes, you know? And so I... Most people are like standing in line at a rental car or yeah. parking or yeah. something. I just really, really think about that. And then the most important thing to do, though, for me is to block off what I call the magic time. No distractions, no temptations, no email, no social media. The time of day when I'm most creative and most productive. And as long as I have that, I can make so much massive progress in 90 minutes that even when you do get really busy, it is, it is not as hectic as you think it would be.
0: That magic yeah. time for... Uh, so mine, I know mine is definitely... Uh, the morning it was a neuroscientist that was talking about you have like these kind of power time where you can mm-hmm. just your brain is just going to get more done when a, a different time and it's different for everyone mm-hmm. but if you can find that time for you and your brain and the way you work you're just going to get more done in 90 minutes like you just said that yeah. you will in the rest of the day I know for me it's early in the morning yeah. and that's when I get frustrated when I feel like I'm wasting that time if I don't plan that time accurately right. is the morning for you the same oh yeah Are, totally totally yeah, okay. and,
2: and if if you get out of that 90 minutes like if you know the next thing you know it's like you got to get the kids ready or whatever, man, and you're like, oh, I did not use that time as it well as It frustrates I could. me yeah, so much. Yeah. Now, the thing is, as a professional, you got to bounce back and you got to say, hey, listen, I'm like, like Kennedy always talks about you have to compartmentalize. Like even if you're going through a divorce, you can't let that stop you in your magic time. I mean, that's not easy, mm-hmm. but that's yeah, what he you just say that. Right? Yeah. yeah. He, he never think about compartmentalize that too much. all yeah, the time because he's always had so many problems. Yeah. That he had to compartmentalize them. Right. And so it's just but it is also like, hey, listen, you can't just – you can't say I, I only work in my magic time and you're the special little snowflake. Oh, you'll never get anything done, right? Sure. So yeah. that's why I'm, I'm like, if I got to get something done in the back of an Uber, I'll get something done in yeah. back of an Uber.
0: and another thing that really helped me was this concept that might have came from Kennedy as well, that good is good enough. That, yeah. You know, if I have the time – because I, you know, I would criticize the stuff I was doing. It needed to be better before I put the blog post out mm-hmm. or whatever we were putting together. And so I just had to start accepting that – there, at some point I have to call an end, like I need to finish the project. And even though if it's not perfect for me, this is the end and I'll kind of adjust going forward. What, what do you think about that?
2: Well, I, I, I think you're definitely right. And what I realized last year, so I have my big event coming up, which is kind of similar to yours. It's two days. And last year, you know, it was great. Everybody had an awesome time, but I did so much more work than I needed to do. And so now I have more guest speakers. So I'm not preparing for eight hours. I'm only preparing for four hours. And you know it's a little less... um, Intense for you. Yeah, and so now, even though it is my busiest time of year and it's my big event, people are gonna have a better time this year. I'm gonna have a better time. I'm gonna be more relaxed. Everything's gonna go better because I realized I didn't need to put it, it didn't need to be great. Like, I didn't need to be all of it. And so that's one thing you have to step back and say, do I really need to be doing all of this or can, is there a better way to do it essentially? And, and I think that one of the biggest lessons is there's people out there who are making more money than you, who are more businesses, who are more successful, who have a great family life and they work less than you. Why, what are they doing? You have to go and find those people totally. and you have to think, what are they doing and how can I incorporate some of that stuff in my life? That's yeah. what we're all about. That's constantly going through my brain. Yeah.
1: My big one is hard, hard it was hard for me. I'm getting better at it. I'm still not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like, I've worked so hard to be able to have this, this freedom in my life to be able to do things when I want, how sure. I want, whatever. But I struggle sometimes with me just mentally and emotionally doing that. Cause I feel like, well, if it's during work hours, I should be working. And I'm not like the right, same Because way you're,
2: You guys are the sons of immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I'm, I grew up on a farm. Like, you know, if, if our parents, you go like if our parents even saw what we're doing right now, oh, sitting around talking to each other well, with yeah. microphones, it's a, we're an embarrassment. Oh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, Nick and Tommy, <laughs> you don't yeah, to. yeah, 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 they're yeah. fine, they're yeah. fine. Lazy, yeah. lazy, get kids. a sheet of drywall right now, and you put that drywall <laughs> right. on the wall, right? You know? And then, and you and you'd start at seven, and you're done at <laughs> yeah, six, you yeah, know? and so so yeah you do like a lot of these you know there's limiting beliefs around money and then there's limiting beliefs around work and there's all these things get drilled into our heads and it's like you know what you have to look at yourself as an empire builder I, I like to have people visualize themselves those who people who take too much stuff on their back and and do it all themselves and are doing all the ten dollar an hour tasks in your business no you got to step back and visualize yourself as a chess master someone moving the chess pieces on the board you're not playing the game in the game, you' you're helping people play the game and it's or looking at yourself as like a coach or a manager of a basketball team or a hockey team. Listen, you're gonna win the championship, but you're not going on the ice or on the court. You're gonna build your team up, you're gonna get the greatest team in there. you're gonna you know they're gonna be the people doing the work and that's okay because they love doing that and you love doing what you do and everyone's actually gonna be better off this way. So I like to just get people to reframe stuff like that.
0: Yeah, totally. Craig, if someone listening, what's the best way to read? I feel like you have so much going on. What is the, for the perfect day, where would people go for that information? What's the best?
2: Best place to start is you just go to freeperfectdaybook.com. You get like the uh, book, Just Pay Shipping and Handling, and that is the best place to start for for that. So,
0: freeperfectday.com.
2: Freeperfectdaybook.com. Free
0: freeperfectdaybook.com. We'll yeah. put that URL yeah. in kind of our page for this podcast as well.
2: And it's um, on Amazon too. Like, you can get the audiobook on Amazon or Audible or whatever. Are,
0: uh, are we still, everyone's still good to check out your fitness videos? Are those now like classified yeah. as embarrassing for you? In any no, way? Man, no, you're no. still proud of them. Okay, I so mean, how, the, do people just there's, Google there's your a cu- <laughs>
2: there's a couple from 2007 where i'm like because yeah thinking?
0: and the reason i ask is we look back at some of our early videos oh, yeah, on totally. youtube and it's like oh my gosh yeah. i can't believe we spoke like that on youtube right right, right. So, no i'm totally cool with it man so uh, craig I, ballantyne and those videos will come up yeah
2: craig ballantyne on youtube four minute workout 300 workout uh bodyweight exercises yeah yeah i mean and people can let me yell at them all day long uh, while they work out every what, morning at four at seven. Uh, o'clock you, in you like that, and you so like doing that? It. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So and he's gonna stalk you if you're a client of his on social and yell at right. you. Right? Like, uh, yeah, I like that. Too. I know where to find you. What's the next? What, your next ten years? What do you think? Listen, uh, so, because because it looks like you mapped out like in two thousand six, you had this moment. It feels like mm-hmm. to me where you're like, I'm gonna make a change. Yeah, and you did make that change. Wait, you told me something before we started recording. How long, in 2006, you said you wanted to do something? Well, so in
2: 2006, I hired my first business coach. And on the very first question, on the very first call, he said to me, Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now? So at the time, I'm just the personal trainer selling my fitness information products on the internet. And I said to him, Tom, I want to have a business like Early to Rise. And he knew what Early to Rise was because again, it was the first website on the internet. And he said, well, listen, if you wanna own that business, you gotta become a better writer, a better speaker, a better coach, a better trainer. You gotta grow your network. You know, this is a lot of work for me. And I was very introverted back then. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go and do all this stuff. And so over the next four years, I worked on it. Then I mentioned uh, that same goal to another friend of mine who ran into Mark Ford, the owner of Early to Rise at another seminar. Mark said, I'm done with Early to Rise. I'm ready to move on to something else. My friend told me and then I bought the business and it was five years, three months and 17 days after I said, here's what I want to do in five years that Crazy. I didn't just buy a business like Early to Rise. You bought Early to Rise. The business, yeah. So it's three months and 17 days late. So don't hold that against me. But other than that, it worked out great. So I I mean, uh, people ask me like, hey, what's your uh, exit strategy for this? And I'm like, death, you know? So it's like, this is what I'm going to do. I love doing it. I just can't stop writing about it. Uh, I've I brought on people who are better writers than me, who are writing... Um, and, and, uh, on our team. And so I'm doing a whole lot more social media. I do a lot more video. Now I do a lot of Instagram stuff, which is actually really good for our business. So I'm going to keep on doing all that, but then I'm going to write, I have the next three books planned. So I've got one coming out this year called unstoppable, how to get through hell, overcome anxiety and dominate in business and life. So that one, awesome. will be, that one will be published for my event in November. Then the next one next year will be the perfect uh, week formula. So that'll be in the next one. Because you're going to correct the error of yes, this book. yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've done lots of presentations on it, and people love that stuff. And then the one after that is about the operator mindset. So the operator mindset is, you you know, I'm going to get it. You know, if you make a promise, you're going to keep a promise. You're going to get it done. You know, you get on, you show up early, not on time, because on time's too late. And you know, you just have this mentality, like when you're on, when you're in playoff mode, there are no excuses. You're going to show up. Because, you know,, here's one thing that I've thought about recently. Like, everybody expects LeBron James to have the best game of his life in every game in the playoffs. But like if that if the person who expected that had to fly, from yeah. Cleveland to the West Coast and then back the next day, they'd be like, oh, my God, oh, I have such jet lag. I'm I, so tired. Oh, I can't do yeah, this. Yeah. That sounds it's, like me. Right. Yeah. It's like, but you expect you expect all these athletes to go and do it, and they do it because they are operators. They have that operator mindset. And So I stole that term from, like, the Navy SEAL books, like, you know, Lone Survivor and all that stuff. Like, these guys have a mission and the mission is the most important thing even above and beyond their their compatriots it's like if one of them dies you don't stop and be sad you keep on marching towards the thing and so you have to be in that mindset sometimes to go and succeed and a lot of uh, and this came up from cuz a lot of my coaching clients would be and i see this with a lot of people that i travel with too you know as soon as some people enter an airport they're like oh i can go to Annie Ann's and eat whatever i want at the pretzel stand you know it's like just because you're in an airport doesn't mean you can just eat junk it's not you know, you're not on no, holiday. No, it does
0: smell good, though, when you walk I know, by. Yeah. But yeah, agreed.
2: But it also smells agreed. horrible. Yeah, agreed. I yeah. agree with you. It smells you. Yeah, yeah. horribly agreed. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Because I
0: know after I eat that how I'm going to feel 30 right. minutes later where it's just like,
2: ugh. Right. So yeah. so I have a lot of clients and they go to events and they're like, oh, you know, I, I drank too much. I got hungover, over. I came home. I was sick. I didn't get to play with my kids when, when I got home because I was sick. And I'm like... Okay, you got to totally flip this whole like you're traveling like you're a 25-year-old who hasn't who's going on spring break. You're not. You're going you need to go as an operator. You're going in there, you got protein bars in each of the bags, uh, you know, pockets in your knapsack. You're white like you got to be washing your hands religiously. You're going in there, you can have one drink after the seminar and you go back, you get to sleep on time. You know, you don't miss a session. You go in there on a mission and then you get home because this is very much like my book. My book was like structure your day, be super disciplined. And people are like, oh, man, I don't want all this. I'm like, but wouldn't you yeah, rather no, have – you want it. But you want more time with your kids, right? Yeah? Well, are you getting enough time? No, I'm working too much. Why are you working too much? Because oh, I kind of screw around all day and I don't get everything done. Okay, how's about we get everything done like even a half an hour early so that you can get home on time and actually be present with your kids, not looking at your iPhone? And it's the same mentality, the operator mindset at work or when you travel, you're an operator, you're on a mission, you're going in there, you're going to get the job done and you're going to come home like a Navy SEAL does. They're going to relax. You can't be a Navy SEAL on a mission all the time. You get off time. And so that's what we're doing this. And and so many of the people who I've taught that to, they're like, man, I just went to the seminar this weekend. I did everything you said and I came home and I had best seminar ever. And. You know, my friends went out, but I I went out with them for a little bit and everything was great and I didn't get sick and I had time with, I was able to have like a half day off when I got back with my kids. Okay. That's what it's about. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's all that matters. When you're
0: describing on Instagram, how do people follow you? Real Craig Ballantyne. Real Craig, not the fake one. Nah, real Craig Valentine. Somebody nah,
2: somebody already had Craig Ballantyne, I thought oh, well, really? All these other people have like real Craig, real, Cra- real, <laughs> like real Brad Pitt. So I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Real Craig Valentine <laughs> yeah. on Instagram. So cool. it's next level.
0: Yeah, we'll put a link to that too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then if any, like email is actually my favorite way for anybody to get a hold of me. So Craig at godfather.com is my email address.
0: Godfather.com? What's yeah. on that website?
2: Nothing. It's okay, just you just got email. the URL godfather? My, my business partner used to buy and sell domain names with an automated yeah, system yeah, yeah. like t- 15 years ago. And he, that one day, somebody who owned Godfather let it expire, and his software- was, Picked it up? His software That's was awesome. buying 20,000 domains a week, and it picked that one up, and I guess he had like some system to like- Got
0: it. I remember those, I think I remember that at like one of Yannick Silver's- Yeah, like, that was my business partner. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was buying 20,000 a week? Yeah, but the thing we is- We got I just wanna keep on, You yeah, we gotta start wrapping up. Okay, We gotta keep yeah. you on time.
2: He, the thing is, back then, there was a, there was a law that allowed you to return them in seven days, and no then, way. They, then they changed the law. So they were
0: buying them, analyzing which ones were winners, and dumping them back? That's
1: great.
2: It, it, was more, it was like they were buying them and then offering them to people that had the .NET through, it. An, through an automated software. Smart. Yeah, like yeah, he wasn't yeah, yeah. doing anything. I remember those. I'm, yeah.
0: I don't know the details, but that's what they were doing. Awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, Craig, thank you again. No really, problem. really appreciate it. This was great. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again. See ya. Hey, it's Tom Kradz again, and if you're listening to this and you want any sort of real estate investing information, the best place to always go will be rockstarinnercircle.com. So if you want any videos, any access to any digital copies of books, we have three different digital copies of books available on that site for you. If you want to register for our training class and come out and learn about some real estate investing strategies and talk with myself and Nick, you can go there to register for that. If you want to, want to get on our weekly email where we share a bunch of information, you can sign up for it at that website as well and get access to our videos and blog posts and articles and the whole bit and we're always putting out different new reports and stuff that you can access on that site so that's rockstarinnercircle.com so really wanted to thank you for listening if you're enjoying this podcast um, if uh, if we could ask that you go off to iTunes and give us a rating and leave us a review that would be of great help to us it really your comments kind of really fuel us so we really kind of appreciate this stuff thank you for all the feedback so far we're getting a kick out of doing this and look You only live once. You might as well live life on your own terms. Until next time, your life, your terms.